I really have more fun talking to the adults, yesterday's children, now grown up, and they're able to say things to me that are very meaningful, like, you know, you were always a good friend, you started the day out right for me, uh, you made me feel good about myself. TV's Captain Kangaroo, Bob Keeshan. Today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Bill Thompson. 65 years ago, this week, a new children's TV show premiered on the CBS network. Its creator and host was a man who had actually been part of the supporting cast of the Howdy Doody show. His name was Bob Keeshan. But to millions who have known him over the decades, he is Captain Kangaroo. I actually interviewed Bob Keeshan twice. This is the second of those interviews from early 1995. He'd just written a book for parents on fun activities that they could do with their kids. And as you're about to hear, he had plenty of advice for happy parenting and happy kids. So here now, from 1995, Captain Kangaroo, Bob Keeshan. My name is Fred Rogers, and I'm <laughs> on a terrible, I really am. My name is Bob Keeshan, Captain Kangaroo, and the book is a family fun activity book. This may be a self-evident question, but for whom is your book intended? Well, the book is intended really for a mixed audience, for adults and for children, because as it implies, it's family fun, and it really is best used by the family. Now, there is certainly an opportunity for a 9- or a 10-year-old to pick up the book and find some activities in there that they might have some fun with. But the purpose of the book really was to uh, to take today's busy parents and say, you know, you don't have to give a lot of time to kids, but you have to give some access to them. And usually the question when, when that's pointed out is, yeah, that's great, but what do I do? And so this book is intended to be kind of a reference work that they can pull down from the shelf at any time. It's got an age key, so we don't have to worry about whether the activity is appropriate to the particular child we're working with. But we select an activity. It can be something we make. Uh, or it can be a game that we play, a nature and science project. So it, it has great variety in, the, in that respect. And then the parent and the child uh, engage in an activity. The important thing, of course, is, is not that we've talked about jet propulsion by using a little balloon or, or that we have made a, taken a, a, a milk carton and made a, a bathtub toy. That's all in there, and it's good. But the real objective is that the parent and child have spent some time together and the child is saying, maybe not verbalizing in quite this way, but say, hey, this most important person in the world, my parent, thinks I'm valuable enough to give me this time, to spend this time with me. And that's the way we build self-esteem in kids, which is, I think, the critical, the key building block in, uh, in forming character for young people. But I think a lot of parents are, are a little nervous, a little concerned that, well, gee, you know, I'm not as exciting as the Super Ninja Morphin Power Ranger Turtles. And, uh, you know, when they can play Super Nintendo, you know, how can I compete with that? Well, I've never met, and, and I, it's been kind of interesting because I've had people test me on this. I say in the, in the foreword to the book, I do say that I've never met a child who would not rather spend time with a parent than watch television or play a video game or whatever. And uh, a lot of people say, well, I don't know whether that's true or not. And I've had people who have interviewed me say, I tested it out yesterday. I went to my child and said, uh, if you could watch a uh, such and such a program on television or if you could play, play, play a game with me, which would you choose? Wait, what are you kidding? Hey, come on. Of course I'd rather play a game with you. And, and this is generally true because they, any parent is the focal point 
for any child, and they are the most important influence in the life of a child, and they're just absolutely delighted when a parent will give them time. So it's not a question of being uh, competitive with uh, television or the magic of, uh, of uh, Nintendo or anything of the sort. The magic really is with the parent who has all that wonderful uh, uh, activity to, uh, to afford to the child. I have seen on, I don't know if you've seen on, on uh, Nick at Night, they have little uh, commercials telling the kids there's virtual reality and then there's real reality. They're telling the kids turn off the TV and go out and play basketball. And I seem to recall that a few years ago you urged the parents to uh, to turn off Captain Kangaroo well, if they I'm, want to do it. I'm still doing that. I'm uh, A lot of people think that, uh, uh, that this is kind of ironic that uh, I had made so much of my reputation over the last uh, 40 years, 45 years now, for goodness sake, in, in television. And I have almost consistently since the beginning been saying to parents, you know, uh, limit your child's television viewing. Not just, not only be concerned about the, the quality of programming they're watching, which is a great concern because most television watched unsupervised by juveniles is adult television. And there, there, are, there are standards and values in those things that I think a lot of us should be concerned about because all television is educational, whether we like it or not. So if we're watching uh, Oprah and Donahue and soap operas and we're watching Grandma uh, talking about how she's, how she's a stripper or, or uh, cross-dressers, you know, the average four- or five-year-old really doesn't dig that. I mean, they don't really understand it, but they are getting values from it. And uh, uh, watching a soap opera, oh, that's the way we treat women in today's society. And ten years later, he displays behaviors, and we say, hey, where did he ever learn that? He learned it from television. So not only that, but the, uh, the, the quantity of television the kids watch is, is staggering in this country, five and six hours a day on average. And people People like the American Academy of Pediatrics, uh, for example, think that's dreadful because uh, health professionals know that a child develops uh, as a result of real-life hands-on experiences. They don't develop with the spectator sport of television. So that's why it's important not to be watching television, to get in there and supervise. But parents are busy. You know, they, they, they come home from work and uh, kids chatter away and, honey, I'm tired. Do me a favor. Go watch television. You can't, you can't operate that way because being a parent is the most important thing you'll ever do in your life. I did wonder, I mean, many of us were brought up watching Captain Kangaroo and various other shows. Many of us who are now parents are ourselves TV addicts. We, we watch four or five or six hours a day as soon as we get home from work. We don't tell the kids to go watch TV. We sit down and watch TV. Well, that's true. And, and you know, a lot, of, a lot of parents will say to me, gee, I can't get my kid to read. What, what do I do? And I'll say, what's the last book you read? Uh, oh, well, you know, I'm kind of busy. I get home, I'm tired, and I turn on the tube. And before you, you know, we are, we are the outstanding model for, for our child. And, and if we're going to read, and we're not going to, if we're not going to read, and we're going to uh, carry on certain habits that, uh, that we would not like them to have, forget about it. They're going to have them because they're following every action that we as parents, they don't do as we say, they do as they see us do. And uh, every parent has got to realize that. It's just a matter of setting priorities, too. If you're a parent, the most important thing in your life during those 18 or so years is that little child who's with you right then. And yeah. if, you can't, if you can't take time out to turn off uh, 60 minutes or whatever and spend some time with – spend 60 minutes with your kids instead, something's wrong. Yeah, it is wrong. And, and uh, you know, a lot of people um, – for example, if, you're, if your uh, supervisor came to you today and said, I need you to spend an extra half hour today on this particular project, you wouldn't say, no, I can't do that. You'd say, oh, well, sure, absolutely, because 
because the job is so important. But no job is as important as parenting. So you give that extra time to your child, too. You don't have to give them a lot of time. That's the whole point. You know, I think if you gave them too much time, we would be hearing eight-year-olds saying, hey, mom, get out of my face. Well, you know, give me some, give me some space. I need a little, little room. And so you don't need to give 24 hours a day constant attention. But you do have to give, and I hate the, I hate the expression, quality time. And I really I haven't found any better way to say it. But I, I think you really have to find ways to give the kind of time that is meaningful to a child. Give them access for a certain period of time. And so many of these things are so easy. I mean, they, they really look like you just p- pick up and in five minutes you're, you're ready to go. Well, it's organized because the, uh, the family activity book is organized in such a way as it is. It should be a resource, uh, a, a reference work. Uh, and uh, uh, just picking up the age key, you just follow it and, mm-hmm. uh, and you'll find something, whether it be a game. And these, these are things that, that today's parents probably remember. They're games that Mr. Green Jeans and Mr. Moose and I used to play uh, on the program. You know, shuffling some cards. We made the cards with uh, pictures cut out of magazines, and we and we uh, each pick a card, and we uh, begin to tell a story. There's a card uh, with a, a child uh, riding a bicycle. Once upon a time, there was a boy named Johnny, and he rode a bicycle. All right, your turn, Mr. Boos, or my son, my daughter, whatever. And the next card is uh, people around a picnic table, and and they went to a picnic, and they had some. And you know, you just and what 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 happens here is the child's imagination. Imagination is stretched, and and that's very very important because you know imagination doesn't begin in freshman English in college. It begins when a child is two, three, four, five, six years of age. So many of our parents discourage imagination. Come on, get real. We're not gonna we're not gonna fool around with the Santa Claus business and the and the Easter Bunny and everything. Let's let's grow up and uh, get into the real world. Well, the real world is imagination. And people will say to me, Well, I'm my my child is not going to be a an actor or a writer. Well, the most imaginative mind of the 20th century was a man named Einstein. Uh, so if you're going to be a scientist or a doctor, you've got to all of these things, even a lawyer. Uh, how, many, how much do lawyers dream about things that never were or, or are not likely to be? <laughs> imagination, imagination is key to all of those activities. And, and that's why uh, all that uh, building of imagination early on is so very important. Yeah, like here's, here's one that's called, for, called Puffy Blocks. And the entire list of what you need, 10 large grocery bags, crayons, old newspapers, and masking tape. I mean, now how, how much simpler and easier could that be? Well, it was designed uh, uh, so that you'd use materials that, that would probably be thrown out anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, milk cartons and the inside of paper towel rolls and uh, rolls of paper towel. And, and it's a soft cover book so that it can be sold inexpensively because I know that you know, there are an enormous number of parents in this country in single-parent households who don't have a lot of money to spend. And uh, this uh, is relatively inexpensive, and it gives them an opportunity by using materials that are inexpensive in themselves. You don't have to spend a lot of money to have fun with kids. That's really the key to the whole thing. And I'm guessing that once you put this in front of a parent and a kid, you're gonna, they're going to come up with twice as many ideas as are in here. This is going to be the launch for their imagination, and they're going to come up with uh, you can come up with a book that thick. It's designed to be a training manual, in fact, because once the parent starts working with it for a little while, uh, then he or she will begin thinking of, of ideas that they're very much that may not be in that book, but are very much in line with the ideas in that book. There's a sequel coming out uh, this coming fall, which is uh, holiday fun, and it will be keyed to holiday times, and you 
never knew that there were so many holidays uh, to celebrate. But there'll be about 300 holidays in that particular book. Uh, and the obvious ones, Thanksgiving and Christmas and Fourth of July and the like. But then there'll be uh, ethnic holidays and holidays that I think kids in a pluralist, pluralistic society should know about. And there'll be a history of each of these holidays accompanying it. And uh, the, 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 remember, do you remember the first day of every month when the captain used to have a birthday party for, mm-hmm. for everybody born that month? Well, we have, we have 12 birthdays uh, in, in, in this book so that you'll be able to celebrate the birthday for every child in, in the month in which they were born. So it, it is a, this family fun activity book is, in, in a sense, as you point out, kind of a training manual. And uh, we'll boost it with the uh, holiday fun when we're ready with that this fall. We're going to be seeing you back on TV on an infomercial, aren't we? Yeah, that goes back to a subject that uh, that we have talked about, which is uh, television, controlling television viewing. And uh, I've never done anything like this, but it's a wonderful product. It's a great product called TV Time, and it enables the parent to control the television set. Now, I'm not, I'm not one that believes the parent should impose uh, television habits on children, but they should talk about it, and they should agree. Uh, for example, a parent might say, well, you know, I don't get home to 5.30, but you're home from school at 3.30, and I know what you're doing in those two hours. You're sitting there on the couch, you're munching potato chips or popcorn. That's why you're 10 pounds overweight. And uh, I, don't, don't, I don't like the idea of what you may be watching in that two-hour period. So how about it? Can we agree that we shouldn't be doing that, that maybe in that two-hour period we're maybe doing our homework or perhaps playing with some other kids? Okay, we agree to it. And now we put this, we program TV time, which is attached to the, to the television set and even though the spirit is willing with the child sometimes the flesh is weak and he runs and he turns on the television set and it won't happen the television set is off for that period of time that they have agreed to keep it off and this also allows a parent to give a, a child a television allowance and this way you bring the kids into it they make their own decisions for example you might say to a child now you've been watching uh, five hours a day that's really too much 30 hours a week is too much how about cutting that like uh, even more than half, make it 14 hours, two hours a day. And they have their own code uh, number, and we program it so that every time they press their code number in, uh, it begins to subtract from the 14 hours. And if we get to Wednesday, uh, just halfway through the week, and we've used the 14 hours, tough. We've, we've used our allowance. Just as, if, if, you know, if, if you give a child an allowance of $1.50 a week or something, whatever it is nowadays, and, and the child says, Mom, I've run out of money. Well, that's tough. You have to learn how to handle your money. You have to learn how to handle your time. You have to learn how to handle your television viewing. And this permits the parent to do that. We just came from a scene downstairs where a dozen or so of our uh, 30 and 40-something uh, staffers were, were enthralled. You must get this wherever you go. Well, they're very bright, intelligent people, <laughs> as you can see. <laughs> You're actually been making a number of appearances in the Washington area this I weekend. am indeed. Uh, I'm going to be in Annapolis tomorrow at noontime for book signing. And, and what's fun about these book signings is that uh, I, I really have more fun talking to the adults, yesterday's children, now grown up. And, and, and they are very articulate compared to what they were when they were watching the program. <laughs> and they're able to say things to me that are very meaningful, like, you know, you were always a good friend, you started the day out right for me, and uh, you made me feel good about myself. All those things that we were trying to do are now confirmed for us. So I, uh, I do have to confess, when I was a very small child, Dancing Bear scared me to death. Did it scare you, really? <laughs> well, you know, Dancing Bear really came along as a replacement uh, for... Uh, we, we once had, in the very beginning, a suit of armor on the set. 
and and he and he clanked and uh, you know he was he was a friendly suit of armor, but there were particularly younger children who were frightened by him. So we got rid of him within oh six or eight months of the beginning of the program, and Dancing Bear kind of gradually replaced all the activities that he took part in, and uh, yeah, I, he is a, a large. Uh, a figure, so I guess if you're small enough, he might. Uh, I felt very body. comfortable with Mr. Green Jeans and, and, uh, <laughs> yes. and Mr. Moose and Bunny Rabbit, but right. uh, that dancing bear, I just did it. I said, Mama. <laughs> okay. So. Bob Keeshan died in 2004 at the age of 76. Would you do me a favor? If you like today's episode, would you tell a friend about Now I've Heard Everything? We post new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and you can find us on all major podcast platforms. And thanks for listening. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, he was a member of the O.J. Simpson Dream Team in the 1990s, my 2002 interview with defense attorney Johnny Cochran. When I was 11 years old, I wanted to be a lawyer. And as I think back, I can only tell you that I love to convince, to persuade, to argue. Because I didn't really know much about any lawyers until high school. That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. Bill Thompson.